Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Town and Country Harlow, with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And as Paul is away this week, I'm delighted to be joined by our podcast sponsor, Orient Going Buddy, the town and country legend himself. It's the one and only, it's Mr. Charlie Paul. Good evening, Charlie. Welcome back to the Orient Outlook podcast. Hello, mate. Thanks for having me. Mate. What an intro. <laughs> mate, always <laughs> like to big up the co-host. Thanks for so much for joining the Orient Outlook podcast this evening so charlie you were last on the podcast co-hosting with paul uh when i was on holiday on sunday the 19th of august that was episode 290 this is episode now 298 you sat with paul after we just drawn with swindon and then we went away to colchester and beat them so skipping forward eight weeks the o's are still flying top of the league we're delighted to say are you surprised by the way we've managed to maintain the start to the season well, first of all, I think you two need to stop going on holiday, mate. All this going on holiday throughout the season, you're not really real fans, really, are you? By the pair of you. Outrageous. Some of us have to come off the bench, isn't it? Yeah, it is outrageous. Um, no, I'm not surprised. No, I, I, I said it um, when I was on eight weeks ago that I thought we were going up. I still think we're going to go up. Um, you know, we're not... Last couple of weeks, we haven't uh, we haven't won every game, but we was never going to. So, but we are... I mean, everyone we've played, Northampton are impressive. I thought Carlisle was quite impressive yesterday, uh, regardless of the mistakes they made. And if they don't make their mistakes, then then it's a lot more of a tough game for us. So there are there are really good teams up there, but I still think that we're better than any of them. So I'm not I'm not surprised at all. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Any players catching your eye? Who's standing out for you at the moment, Charlie? Oh, I mean, George. You can see George Moncur's come from the Championship, can't you? I mean, he's he's just outrageous. Some of the things he can do in, at this level, and if you're if you're a league if you're playing a league two team, you're and you're playing against him, you're thinking, God, can't wait for this game to end, surely, because he's just he's just a cut above the rest. But you could say the same about Smythe, Archibald. I mean, I know that the, the cliche has always been with our recruitment in the last few years. They need to be League One ready. Well, we've certainly done that uh, in the last, uh, or especially in this window. So, um, I mean, Monco is a cut above the rest, and I think Smith is is is, is a close second. So you're fairly confident we can maintain the start to the season. What are your thoughts on Richie Wellens? He's been slightly criticised in the last couple of weeks with some substitutions, obviously not beating Northampton um, with 10 men, drawing with Doncaster, losing to Newport. I think at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers, we've been full of praise for Richie Wellens. What are your thoughts on Richie? He knows more about football than, than any of us. So um, I can't believe that we are we're top of the table. We haven't been below second all season, have we? That we've been in the top two all season. Um, how you can criticise that? I've got no idea. You know, the, he's he's been absolutely brilliant since he's come through the door. Um, this time last year, we were we, we were still doing okay, but we we didn't know what was around the corner, and they were real dark. I mean, I, around December and January and February last year, I hated watching Orient. It was it was there were some real bad bad games there. So. To be where we are now, I, I don't know how you can criticise it. He's, he's he's done such a good job. He's got the track record there. Um, this is exactly how his Swindon team, when they came down to us uh, a couple of years ago, they blew us away. And we're seeing the same thing with us now. We're blowing teams away. Um, there are going to be periods during the season that you know it's not going to go our way. So Northampton, I'll, I'll admit, as I walked away from the ground against Northampton, I was really frustrated. I was wondering, going, oh, I can't believe we didn't we didn't find a breakthrough there. And I thought, and when I read when I watched the highlights, we actually had more chances than I thought. So it's not a case of, you know, we we played badly and didn't create enough chances. We did create the chances, but um, it just didn't happen for us that day. And that's going to happen. It, you know, we're not. We, I don't. I I, um, I didn't receive the memo where we were going to rock up every week and batter teams. So it's, it's not going to happen. Totally. Totally. Charlie is here, guest co-host, all episodes. So looking forward to talking all things Orient throughout the week with Charlie's. But we'll start, as always, with a sponsorship update. And they cover London, Essex and Hertfordshire, town and country Harlow estate agents. They're run by Orient season ticket holders and fans. And along with the Orient Outlook, have helped dozens of people move home. And the best bit is they offer all Orient fans and staff a discount off their already competitive Fees. So if you're thinking of selling your property, or just curious as to its value, you can save yourself at least a few hundred quid and keep it in your own family by giving them a call on 01279 883 
or 07528-471-497. Or you can contact the team on Twitter where you can find them at T and C Harlow. Or you can find Charlie himself at Charlie underscore Paul, which is P-O-O-L-E. Town and country don't just sell houses, they change lives. Charlie, anything yeah. to add to that update? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I know it's um, it's a bit of an iffy thing for people at the moment um, with cost of living and everything. People are not sure um, if now's the right time. Just just give the guys a call in the office. They'll they'll be able to advise you that you know one of them's a an ex mortgage uh, advisor, so they'll have a nice chat with you. You know whether it's now's the right time or not. Just you know if you're thinking of what are my options, you're a little bit curious. Give them a ring. They'll 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 tell you what's what, and um, you know if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, then they'll they'll still be there in in a few months' time. Great stuff, great stuff. A great company to work with and we couldn't be prouder to be working in partnership with Town & Country Harlow. So Supporters Club updates then. So two new trips to tell you about from the Supporters Club. Firstly, we travelled to Harrogate on Saturday the 12th of November. Coaches for this leave fairly early at 8am with the adult fare £42, concessions £39 and under 16 to £21. And that's followed by the trip to Stockport County for the first time in a long while as we go there on Saturday, the 19th of November. Coaches for this one leave at this slightly later time at 8.30am and will cost you 42 quid for adults. Again, £39 for concessions and under 16 to 21 Remember, folks, those prices do not include your matchday tickets and there will be a £3 surcharge for non-members. So if you want to book for any of those trips, you can do so by visiting the Supports Club on a match day, pre or post-match, or by calling the travel line on 07507 539 579. Lovely. Um, any other business? Congratulations to Lawrence Figaro and his partner on the arrival of their baby boy who was born seven weeks premature and is now five weeks old. So congratulations to you both and uh, thankfully everything is okay. Great stuff. Love to hear another addition to the Orient family. So let's go on in to a busy week that was at the O's. Happy Monday, 17th of October, and happy birthday to two Orient legends, Matt Lockwood and Kevin Lisby, both born on the same day. We hope you both had a great day, gents. And a shameless plug there for any new, <laughs> fairly new listeners. We interviewed both Matt Lockwood and Kevin Lisby, about their time at the Orient. So if you're a fairly new listener, go back into our archives and go and check out those interviews. Matt Lockwood was about two and a half hours, our first ever interview, where we <laughs> asked him all about his career uh, and didn't even talk about it until the first hour. A massively insightful interview. And Kevin Lisby was very open and transparent, spoke about our former ownership uh, at the club after he had just left and is a must-listen, I think, for any Orient fans. Again, shameless plug, go back and listen to those interviews from our wonderful archive. Absolute legends, brilliant. And uh, also on Monday at 7 o'clock, it was the FA Cup first round draw. And it's fair to say that this one wasn't really the best as the O's were ball 26 and were drawn away to Crew Alexandra with a tie to, tie to be played on the weekend of the 5th of November. I think fair to say, Charlie, not a real tie to get us excited. I think the Chelmsford City were in the draw. There was a few non-league grounds we were looking at going, this could be really exciting or maybe get Ipswich at home or maybe a Portsmouth at home to really get the blood going. Crew away doesn't really have the same feel. No, no, I don't think it's going to be on telly. <laughs> I imagine you're probably right with that one, Charlie. So, to Who I Tuesday in 18th of October, an O's defender, Omar Beckles, was invited to meet the King and the Queen Consort in the morning at Project Zero in Walthamstow. An amazing achievement and well done to Omar on all his hard work in the community. Last word on Omar. And uh, the main event on Tuesday was the Papa John's Trophy, where we were we, we welcomed the Chelsea under-21s team, eventually, uh, with everyone expecting the team reveal at 6 o'clock. The club announced that the kick-off time on 7 o'clock would be delayed as Chelsea were held up in traffic at the Dartford Crossing and later on announced that kick-off time would now be 8.30. Yeah, so some very dramatic stuff coming out of Orion as the Chelsea team got held uh, at the Dartford Tunnel, would you believe it or not, uh, due to all... Well, no, the... not really. I don't believe it because it was shut for two... That was the second day it was shut. <laughs> so maybe... Why would you go that why would you go that way? <laughs> or basically just get on the tube, right? Literally get on the tube and swap at Mile End and then 
get find yourself at Leighton. So yeah, maybe a bit of a an oversight, shall we say, uh, at yeah. Chelsea Football Club on that one. So the team was announced just before half seven with Sam Sargent in goal, Adam Thompson, Omar Beckel, Shadogi and Jaden Sweeney at the back with Darren Prattley, Craig Clay and Stephen Duke McKenna midfield with Phil Archibald, Charlie Kelman and Jaden Wareham up top. On the bench for this one, we had Vigaru, James, Brown, Obiero, Moncur, Smythe and Aaron Drynham. Yep, that meant that there were eight changes from Saturday's starting lineup against Northampton Town as Jaden Wareham was allowed to play against his parent club. For me, I thought that was quite a decent lineup. Actually, he looked at it and thought that's a decent enough team. Um, no surprise for me that Wareham was allowed to play. I think a few people didn't yeah. expect him. I think Chelsea wouldn't have cared less of him playing, really, to be honest, no. in this trophy. So no um, real surprise for me. And some big opportunities there. For some of those players, look at Adam Thompson, who's not really been able to break into the team. Ogie's not really been able to break back into the team. Duke McKenna. No. Kelman, who's lost his place recently. And Wareham. So some big opportunities there. So I thought that was that was quite a good team. What about you, Charlie? What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, it's um, it's always going to be difficult for, for us because uh, obviously we're playing competitive football and, and as much as uh, the league that they're in is, is described as competitive, is not the same. Um, so they're, they're a well-drilled Premier League BL2 side. Um, obviously, we're, we're a little bit mixed in matches, although that we train with each other every uh, every week, um, every day of every week. It's, it's, it's not the same, you know. We're not. Uh, I think Paul says it every week. He likes a he likes an unchanged team, and always when we've had uh, regular teams, we've always been up there. So um, it's difficult for us. We've got some players coming back from they haven't played a lot. Some coming back from injuries, uh, and some that have played every week. So it's always going to be a little bit uh, tough for them to get going. Few tweets when this lineup was announced. Paul Skinner, ATA, said bizarrely, it's quite strong. Why bother? Yeah. Uh, at Patrick One Flood uh, said, good lineup to be honest. Nice to see where I'm getting the game. Ruel perhaps got a knock on Saturday. Yeah, that was obviously Ruel not uh, in the squad at all for this one. So we normally cover the Papa John's trophy very briefly. We'll do the same with this one, although there's quite a lot, a lot of late drama in this one. So basically, first half. Nothing really happened. Few chances for both teams. But long story short, the first half finished goalless and both teams went in at half-time. Nil-nil. Yeah, uh, and the second half saw a double change for the O's as Paul Smythe and Jordan Brown came on for Theo Archibald and Darren Prattley. But it was Chelsea who took the lead in the 54th minute through Hutchinson. Yeah, in the 67th minute, Charlie Kelman replaced Aaron Dryden and shortly after that, the O's equalised as Paul Smythe's low cross was turned into his own net by Dylan Williams. Getting there. The seventy third minute saw that the final O's change as Tom Tom James replaced Adam Thompson and two minutes later the O's were awarded a penalty as Aaron Drynan was fouled in the box and he stepped up to take the penalty, hitting it hard and low to the bottom left hand corner to put Orient two one ahead. Yeah, good penalty there from Mr. Drynan. Eighty fourth minute in saw Chelsea penalty appeals waved away. In the eighty seventh minute, Wareham had a chance which was saved by Beach, but in the eighty ninth minute, Chelsea equalised as a counter attack saw Mother Zill round Sam Sargent and he made it two all from an acute angle yeah very disappointing but the drama was not finished there as the, as the game was heading to penalties in the 90th minute Jaden Wareham played through Paul Smythe through who fired over the bar as Chelsea went straight down the other end and Mother Sargent who scored his second of the game made it 3-2 and although there was still time for Shadow for Shadow Heger Shad Ogie header to be cleared off the line. The full-time whistle went and Chelsea saw out the game, knocking the O's out of the FL trophy. Yeah, so Paul Terry spoke to Dave Victor after the game, said it's frustrating when you're winning with a few minutes to go. You expect to see it out. So your views on uh, the Chelsea game, uh, Charlie? Yeah, obviously we don't like losing. We never like losing, right? That's that first and foremost. However, I really couldn't care less about this competition. <laughs> Like, with all due respect, it is it is a nothing competition. Hardly anyone turns up. Um, it's not. It wasn't great when it was in the previous format. Never mind now. So I didn't really watch it or really follow it. Pleasing to hear that there were some positive performances, though. Uh, always, uh, it, I said before, it's always going to be tough for our boys. We're not. We're, they're not playing with each other week in, week out, uh, and they are. Uh, they were all dual PL two sides. So disappointing, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, for me, I mean, it sounded like a great game for the neutral, uh, and it could have gone either mm. way. If Wareham takes his chance at 2 1, or Smythe takes his yeah. chance at 2 all, we go and win it, and then we're in the hat for the next round. But 
Sure. Chelsea are one of the best, you know, like you said, one of the best under twenty three sides, twenty one sides in the tournament. So it was always going to be a tough game, and I think they take it fairly seriously. But good match time for some of those players and for some of those first teamers, like you for me. Shame to lose, right? Because no one likes losing. But honestly, no. I, I'm not unhappy to be out of that competition. We now got two competitions left with the FA Cup and the league, and I think all Orient fans know it's all about the league this season and, and wants that to happen. Absolutely. So shame we could not go into Wembley this season in that, but couldn't care less surprisingly on this no. one loads and loads of views don't know whether it was down to the late drama or just down to it being Chelsea or people getting wild up at Chelsea arriving late but a staggering amount of views this one for an EFL trophy game so we'll mention a few of what we got Boatsy started rolling by saying really frustrated at throwing away the lead need to be more professional with minutes to go but Chelsea youth are a good side but we made it too easy for them yep yeah, at Coral 1972 said uh, well we had the majority of the first team out pretty much so regardless it being a rubbish competition it's quite embarrassing yeah Mark Pryor 59820877 said disappointing should have won Clay's error and Smythe's miss are to blame on the upside some good individual performances particularly from Duke McKenna yeah, uh, at Joe 992316060 said, I'm glad that we're out. However, I thought there were some awful performances out there. Clay giving the ball away, so cheaply cost us their second goal, and he was doing it all night long. Rarin runs about and done nothing else, and Beckles looked tired after an hour. Like I said, we're glad, I'm glad we're out. MCA Ziggy kept it short. Not very sweet, though. He said, the wheels are falling <laughs> off again, I'm afraid. Very surprising there. Don't panic. Uh, at Seb Kane said, not massively fussed to be out, but my overwhelming feeling is that it would have been good to stay in to get fringe recovering players minutes going forward. It's a long season for those not playing week in, week out. This competition would have been good to keep them sharp. It's a fair point there from Seb. Nicely yeah. done. Conway underscore Nigel said, didn't watch the game. In fact, had absolutely no interest in glad we're out, but should our first team squad really be losing to a bunch of kids even if it is Chelsea. Yeah, just uh, just just a point on that because I I read that later a bit later on and this you know you have to be good <laughs> to be in the Chelsea academy and I think one of their players is a Jamaican international. One of them uh, played for Derby in the Championship and I think a couple of others were on loan at League One team. So they're not. Uh, it's a bit disrespectful to say a bunch of kids. You know these are. Don't get me wrong. It's not. You know, we're not playing the Chelsea first team, but these are good players. Just thought I'd, uh, I'd just jump in there. Good point, well, um, at Pandemonium, Pandemonium 1881 said, only in this farce of a competition could the prima donnas of Chelsea under-21s arrange to meet at a hotel in Bexley, sp- spin some nonsense about how they left <laughs> at two o'clock in the afternoon, arrive at five to eight and win. Had to had the boot been on the other foot, would have been chucked. Would have had to chuck the game. Hashtag farce. Yeah. He makes a point. Um, I don't want to sound bitter, but I remember when we drew Spurs. Yeah. Came back, and we had to because we had too many players out. We had to throw the game, but that certainly wouldn't have been the other way around, would it? He ma- yeah, he makes a great point there. Had the boot been on the other foot, I think we definitely would have had to um, give up the game or concede defeat yeah. in the game. Uh, next Twitter handle Charlie underscore Port which we've kept in said a lot of tyres <laughs> being thrown out the pram the league has always been and will always be the priority some seem to think we're entitled to turn up and win every week insane and naive way of thinking there'll be more blips before May so get over it in Richie we trust nice tweet there from best, Charlie best best point of the week give that man a medal at <laughs> <laughs> uh, Slack by Nature said mixed feelings the last few games haven't been the best lacking attacking prowess however it does mean there's one less thing to worry about in the race for promotion fans would have definitely taken our current position at the start of the season need to sharpen our attack yeah, no, good, yeah point. good point now final word on the Chelsea game goes to Orit Meat Pie so glad we're out of this utterly pointless competition should have abandoned it with the delay decent run out for some lads and a few showed why they are not the, the first teams thanks to everyone who tweeted us after the Chelsea match. If we haven't read yours out, yours is probably on the way regarding Carlisle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Carol Langley Flores Prediction League update. Um, so Carol Langley Flores are an established business based in Chinkford, specialising in bespoke flowers sourced from the finest growers in the world. From a simple thank you to a tailored wedding or event packages, they are here to help. 
to get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists, call uh, them on 0208 529-4130 or get in contact via social media at Carol Langley E4 or at Essex Biz on Twitter and they are on Instagram as well at Carol Langley Florist and on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist again. Yeah, they also uh, offer. Go on, all yours, Charlie. Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, mate. Uh, they are they are offering uh, all O's fans fifteen percent off. Uh, sorry, fifteen percent off to all O's fans and staff, which could give you a huge saving on your wedding and flowering costs. There's, uh, there were no correct predictions in this match, so a top of uh, so a top of the prediction league table update will follow at the end of this episode. Great stuff. So Wednesday, then the nineteenth of October, quiet day at the club. No news to report, so let's go on to Thursday, the 20th of October. Yeah, and the club announced that young O. Harrison Soji has joined Cray Wanderers on loan for a month with a view to extending, so good luck to Harrison. Great stuff. Also on Thursday, Premier League Wolverhampton Wanderers confirmed their ex-Orient manager Steve Davis will remain in charge of their first team until 2023. It's amazing how football works and it's wonderful and magical ways. We wish Steve Davis all the best <laughs> Managing a couple more games in the Premier League. Unbelievable. Yeah, good, good luck, Steve. Yeah, I mean, of all the things that have happened in, in 2022, that's probably the most nuts thing that I've heard all, all year. Um, and Friday the 21st of October, a quiet day at the club with no news to report. Yeah, so Saturday then the 22nd of October, the Young O's were in league action away to Stevenage. Had a dream start. Smith Kowalski put us ahead in the first minute and our lead was doubled by Obiero in the eighth minute. However, Stevenage pulled a goal back from the penalty spot shortly after. Then they had a man sent off, but they equalised anyway from a free kick in the 32nd minute to make it 2 all, which is how the teams went in at half-time. Yeah, and both teams had chances to win it in the second half, and it was the home team who won the game for a goal in the 69th minute to compete, uh, complete their comeback and win the game 3-2. Unlucky to the young O's there. Yeah, very unlucky. So the main event in on Saturday, as you all know, was Carlisle United away. And before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. We had 164 votes, and you voted as follows, with 18% thinking the O's would win the game. Sorry, lose the game, sorry. 40% of you thinking the O's would win the game, and 42% of you thinking the game would end in a draw. So those win percentages now are starting to come slightly down from what they were over the last couple of weeks. But as always, thank you for all of your votes in our Twitter poll. Absolutely. Uh, and the team was announced at 2 o'clock with a vigour in goal. Uh, in uh, in defence was James, Beckles, Hap and Hunt. In midfield, El Mazzuni, Prattley, Moncur. Uh, out front was Archibald, Smythe and Drinnen. With Sergeant Ogie, Clay, Brown, Satiru, Wareham and Charlie Kilman all on the bench. Yeah, that meant there were two changes to the team who started the last league game against Northampton Town as Idris Mazzuni and Darren Prattley came in in place of Craig Clay and Jordan Brown who both dropped to the bench. So for me, that's a strong 11. I thought we might see Idris mm. back. They always, the club are quite clever in how they do it. They go quiet and then they... At 10 to 2, I think they'd done like a little gif of like team losing 10 minutes and it was like a gif of Idris and you're like, oh, yeah. you've played it blinded here, gents. Yeah, really good. Um, my only query on that was I thought Kelman might come back in the team because Dryan has now started the last couple of league games and hasn't scored in a league game, but obviously scored against mm. Chelsea uh, in midweek. Interesting though, see Adam Thompson not in the squad and having back to three forwards on the bench. Obviously, Thompson's out of the squad. Wareham's mm. back in, so we've got three attacking players back on that bench and only mm. one defender uh, in Ogie, but a, a, that's a strong team nonetheless. Any any opposing views, Charlie, on that one? No, no, I totally agree. I know uh, Thompson was there because um, I watched the stream and um, you can see Thompson on the bench and he was uh, pretty much acting like a coach. He was sort of shouting out and, and doing his bit as well. So... Uh, I think uh, Adam Thompson is is a very important player behind the scenes. A bit like when we got promoted from the National League, Alex, uh, Justin said that Alex Lawless was probably the most important player of the squad, having not, despite not even playing many games because he was so good to have around the place and his professionalism on the training ground. And I think Adam, I think we're having that same thing now with Adam Thompson. I think I must point out at this point, if anyone's going, how has Charlie watched the stream? Charlie's actually joining me <laughs> via Zoom via a different country. So Charlie legally watched the stream paid his money before we start getting an influx of tweets saying how have you done that so nice one there Charlie quite a few tweets uh, when the team was announced dear Stu so they don't understand why Brown has been dropped to the bench wrong decision for me with Prattley replacing him I also would have started Kelman for Drynan 
Yeah, I agree with that, actually. Uh, Samuel LRFC um, said, a bit harsh on Brown to start practically over him. Wilco, 300, said, time for George Moncur to step in and be a game-changer. Yeah, uh, Len Chin Chin 1 said, nice to see a solid starting eleven. think early goals are a must against the strong home side. Uh, a chance to kick-start winning ways again. We'll need maximum effort from everyone to win this game. Let's hope for the right result. Goals win games. Come on, Orient. So the match kicked off this one. Sixth place Carlisle, who are unbeaten since August against the O's without a win in three. However, before the uh, game started, Raul Satoru replaced Paul Smythe. As Paul, it had been revealed, had pulled his groin uh, whilst warming up. For me, I kind of saw that uh, on social media, not being there. My heart did sink a little on that one. He's been such a big player. Uh, for us this year, I was saddened to see him not starting the game. Yeah, let's hope it's not a it's, it's not a long term one. Fingers crossed, anyway. Yeah, there's a bit um, in his post match interview that we'll play where um, Dave Victor asks him, "Will we play on Tuesday?" And like we mentioned last week, Wellens kind of plays his poker face on it. Yeah, which is right, so. which is always going to do. So hopefully. It's not too bad. The dream start for the O's. Two minutes gone this one. Theo Archibald picked up a ball just inside the Carlisle half from an Idris Elmazuni pass. Theo beats his man Ravise, drives forward to the edge of the box and his shot just creeps past Holy at the far post to make it 1-0 to the Orient. What a fantastic start and what a fantastic Get goal from Theo Archibald. Amazing. Yeah, brilliant. I, I, I couldn't believe that it actually went in. He, he sort of, he done really well, got past his man and... Um, uh, and that magical left foot and hard and low the keeper couldn't get down and it was just it was nice to see it and hit the back of the net great start really nice uh, video clip from Boatsy whose son was mascot and as they're walking back oh, really? into the stand we score and they're about to walk into the away end and where the players come over so you got some great footage oh, of the away fans lovely. so lovely stuff to see <laughs> Boatsy dream start for the Ozdin in the 8th minute Rob Hunt was shown the first booking of the match for a foul on Guy yeah, and in the ninth minute, Dennis headed the ball wide from the resulting free kick, and two minutes later, Rule Saturio fired wide from the edge of the box. Yeah, so quite an attacking start to this game. And in the 15th minute, Carlisle got the equaliser as an outswinging corner was put into the Orient box by Guy, and Edmondson, their big number nine, was unmarked, just got ahead of his man to head past Vigarou, and suddenly it was one all. Bit of a disappointing goal to concede. I think you're always going to yeah. be disappointed to concede from a set piece, although they've worked it quite well at their end. But defensively, yeah. I think we'll be disappointed. Yeah, totally agree. But just two minutes later, the O's retook the lead as uh, Holy played the ball to a Carlisle defender who miscontrolled the ball and slipped. And Theo Archibald looked up and done a David Mooney as he chipped the ball over their keeper, all six foot nine of him, into the far corner. And it was 2 1 Orient. Theo Archibald doing his best David Mooney impression. Took it beautifully. Took it beautifully. What a goal. We've seen some absolute corking goals this season. I can't quite believe the quality of the goals we're seeing. I imagine that wins October goal of the month, hands down. Fairly straightforward, unless I'm forgetting about another goal. But first time, here's a fact for you, and I only uh, got this from the highlights. (laughs) First time Theo Archibald's ever scored two goals in a game. Really? In his career. Yeah. Oh, wow. So... Amazing, and only 17 minutes gone, but took it so well. Lovely to see Theo get his fair share of plaudits. He took it beautifully. Yeah, yeah, class. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Um, in the 26th minute then, uh, Aaron Drynan played the ball back to Theo Archibald on the edge of the box, but his effort was blocked by Huntington. Yeah, in the 34th minute then, this game started to get a little crazy as Carlisle had to make an enforced change as Moxham was replaced by Harris due to a head injury. And then things got even worse for the host a minute later as Carlisle had a penalty shout not given for Tom James handball. And then from the resulting play, Edmondson was shown a straight red card as he raised his arm to Darren Prattley. So obviously this is an Orient podcast and there's obviously an element of bias as there's always going to be. But that was a red card all day long for me. As soon as the player raises his arm, Edmondson, he gives the ref a decision to make and it was always going to be red. Although Prattley has gone down like he's been snipered from the stand. So Rightly so. Rightly so. You know, you take it. You know, if, if Edmondson's stupid enough to try and give him a left hook, although he don't really make a connection on him, Make the most of it. That's what it's what the game's about. I'm telling you now, every other team would have done the same. If it had been, if it had been, I know Theo, Theo probably most likely. That's why I'm mentioning him. If it was Theo, yeah. then it, it, they would have done exactly the same. So you can't start, you know, start moaning about it. 
I also don't, just don't don't give the ref the decision to make. That's as simple as that. Yeah, we say that quite a bit on this podcast. I also think that wasn't a penalty, although I have seen them given. So obviously the guy takes a shot, it smacks James's hand and goes into Figueroa's arms. I've seen them given before. I, yeah, it's always one, if isn't it? Where if it's for if, you, you want it, and if it's against you, it's not a penalty. Yeah. Yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. If if it's us attacking, we are screaming for that. And if <laughs> if not, then we're screaming that it shouldn't have been a penalty. So it's just one of them, isn't it, really? Yeah, brilliant stuff. 42nd minute, Archibald on a hat-trick now. He had a fierce drive that went just wide of the post. Yeah, and six minutes of additional time were awarded. And with nothing else to report, the teams went in. And at half-time, the O's were 2-1 ahead. They certainly were. One tweet at half-time came in from John W999, who said, if I am Wellens, I'd be making clear that level of performance is completely unacceptable. If we want to challenge for promotion, we won't get away. We're constantly giving the ball away. Archibald and happier side, very, very poor. So, John, not too happy at what you watched in the first half. Interesting. Uh, the attendance was announced at uh, 5,590 with 257 amazing Orient fans making that journey. Well done to you lot. A cra- amazing. Train strikes, road closures all over the place. Amazing for those fans to get there. My sister lives just outside of Carlisle. That is a long, long journey. Amazing to those 257 fans who made that journey. So the second half kicked off, no subs for the O's, and things got even better in the 50th minute. As Theo Archibald played the ball forward to Aaron Dryden, who was clearly offside, but the ball came off Whelan, which meant the referee played on, with loads still to do, to be fair, to Dryden. He drove forward and finished superbly well from a tight angle past Holy to make it 3-1. I think we've spoken in this podcast about being clinical up front, and I think Orient were yesterday and Dryden's taken that really well kind of proved me wrong I was doubting him I've said I, I think Kelman's a better option but if Dryden keeps scoring goals like that then he's going to make that forward position his own I think he I think he took that brilliantly yeah yeah I agree with you I think I, I if it's down to me I prefer Kelman over than than, than, than Drinan but if you if you get yourself in the team uh, you have to earn the right to stay there and that's what he's doing so no complaints here Great stuff. 53rd minute, Rob Hunt had a curling effort go wide just off the far corner. Yeah, in the 56th minute, Carlisle got back into the game as Jordan Gibson was at the back post. The ball came uh, to him and his powerful shot gave gave it no chance and out of nowhere, it was 3-2. So now you're sitting there going, oh no, they're going to have the crowd behind them again. It's the whole 10-man thing. We were quite comfortable at 3-1, but 3-2 makes it a bit nervy. A bit of a disappointing goal again to concede. Ball comes at him goes past the forward and Beckles comes out. He took it well, to be fair. But now you're thinking we've got 35 minutes where their towels are going to be up. They've got the crowd support behind them and it might be a, more, a much more difficult net yeah. last kind yeah. of game. I must admit, in, in the first half, I noticed a couple of times when they had set pieces, James uh, was screaming um, at uh, not, not necessarily one player, but like to a few of our players saying, you know, watch behind me because I think James was 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 marking one person. There was, but Carlisle always added one person behind. So they were bringing extra people round, and I'll notice in the first half couple times James was screaming for some help, and it just so happens that in the second half again, you know, it's come right at the back, and then someone's waiting right at the back. So it's obviously something that they've worked on, Carlisle. Yeah, good team as well. To be fair to him, to give him their dues. Fifty-eight yeah, minute, Dan Happy headed wide uh, from a tight angle, so almost back two goal lead again, but not this time. Yeah, uh, in the 61st minute, first change for the O's as Jordan Brown replaced Idris El Mazzouni, and four minutes later, it was another change as Charlie Kelman replaced George Moncur. Yeah, 67th minute in, Dan Happy done really well to get Bax's shot away. He drove forward, took his shot, but Happy got there as it was definitely going on target to make the block. Well played, Dan Happy. Absolutely. In the 72nd minute, the O's won a free kick in a dangerous position as Charlie Kelman was brought down on the edge of the area and Tom James' effort was saved by Holy. Yeah, hold it well to be fair, Holy, their keeper. 76 minute, final change for the O's in this Cray Clay came on for Darren Prattley. Yeah, in the 82nd minute, uh, Gibson's chip for Carlisle went over the bar. He's trying to do a Theo Archibald now, but not not able to do so. So six minutes of time were added on. In the 92nd minute, Gibson had a chance, but he fired a shot over the bar. And then two minutes later, Viggs was booked for time-wasting. Yeah, but that was it. It was a full-time whistle went shortly after as the O's held on for victory, winning the game 3-2 to take all three points back to East London with Carlisle putting out 
fans towards the Orient management team. Yeah, so we have got the interview uh, from Dave Victor with Richie Wellens. We're going to play about four minutes, five minutes of it, because he kind of, Richie talks about the game, gives an update on Paul Smythe, and then kind of talks about the abuse he was getting mm. and the coins around that. So it'd be quite useful for us to play that. So here is what Richie Wellens had to say to Dave Victor. Well, Richie, thanks for joining us. Congratulations, Leo's top of the league, but it's tough against 10 men, isn't it? Uh, we, we, we was poor against 10 men. Um, the result was the only thing that mattered. Obviously, it's a long journey up. Same always got something good going there. The crowd were excellent, um, always, every decision. It felt like an, you know, you're playing an FA Cup game away at a lower league club where the atmosphere was very, very good. So credit to them. Dave was very brave. So I think you have to, we, we'll take the result. But I think you have to congratulate them on their performance. They pressed us high. They never lost any energy. We need to get better at playing through lines and, and take it on the back foot and things like that. But um, I thought 11 v 11, I thought it was always a threat. We looked like scoring more goals when it was 11 v 11 than we did with against 10. Um, and when when, he, when they went down to 10 men, we was on the mindset of, well, we're just going to pass it about. So for the 10 minutes after down to 10 men, we play all, that, all the possession in, in our own half. Well, that's quite easy to play against when you play on down one side, you never switch play, you don't play, you know, if people are pressing, you want to beat the press, you play through them or over them. And, and we've just never done that. So, listen, we, we had a little bit of a disrupted um, build-up with, with, with Smudge going down. Um, we thought Monks could cause them a lot of problems as a, as a left side of this one rolling in and, and Paul Smith as a running 10. But um, really, really pleased with the result, but we do need to get better. Paul Smith, it seemed to be a problem in the, in the warm-up. Yeah, yeah, he's put his... He's, I've pulled his groin, he's got a tight groin, so Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, no point in risking It was an ideal start, two well-taken goals from Theo Archibald. Yeah, every time we'd, we'd done what we worked on in training, we looked we looked a real uh, a real threat, but um, something, the keeper's got a huge kick, it was difficult for a second half, the, the wind, I don't think people appreciate how windy it is here, um, and our two centre-backs won the majority of the headers, but you always, there you go, there's the wind. Um, you always worry about them second balls, and they pick up a lot of second balls. Like I said, Simo's got something good going here. They're a good team. Um, the only one thing I will say, they're a disgrace. The people behind this, this, this dugout, the, away, the, the home supporters, they're an absolute disgrace. The FA needs to... Yeah, I've got a, I only picked one up, but I'm a quid. I'm a quid richer. They're throwing coins. Total abuse on, on 90 games. So I probably responded in a way, celebrating after the game, but the FA needs to look at it because, you know, Simo and his team should be proud of the performance, and the majority of the crowd are really, really good. But you've got constant people abusing you. And, and this isn't like football abuse. This is vile abuse about your family members and your wife. Nah, it's not acceptable. Somebody needs to, to look after him. So, uh, sorry, he's a step in because it's a disgrace. And there's no excuse, but there was a frustration. They were looking for a handball before the decision to send the man off. I'm not sure. I've not seen it back. Um, I've not seen a sending off back. The first goal from the corner was debatable. I'm not sure it was a corner. So, I'll keep quiet. And you listen to Paul Simpson's interview after the game and he'll tell you what he thought of the referee. And I'll conclude. Yep. And in terms of the sort of the character that Leighton Orient showed in those closing stages, because it was backs against the wall, wasn't it? Well, no. I don't, I don't remember Vickery pulling off many saves. It's just this place sucks you in. Second ball game. Horrible, long ball after long ball. You know, the overload wide areas when they're playing Diags. So what we need to do is when the ball turns over, be really clever and, and frustrate them and keep the ball. But we didn't do that. So again, you have to congratulate them because I thought, you know, when the game went 10v11, I thought they were the better team. As you say, it's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. The O's in town on Tuesday night, Gillingham. Paul Smith, is he going to be Did available? Call the O's oh. as well. <laughs> Sorry, if I got confused there. If we're playing the O's, we'll make sure that okay. the real O's win. <laughs> now, I'm getting too excited yeah. here, which is top of the table, that's why. What about Paul Smith? Will he be available for that we're one? We're not sure. We've, we've obviously he pulled out in the warm-up. And again, the fans need to understand sometimes when we're making substitutions, you think I want to take Monks off at Doncaster and things like that. We've got players that are, you know, Idris El Mazzouni plays 10 games on a bounce. He's never played 10 games on a bounce in his career. We're, we're on it. We know who needs minutes, who needs taking off. So hopefully Paul won't be too badly and it gives him a Saturday rest. He's obviously got a six-hour trip now. We just need to manage everybody's minutes because it's a tough physical league. Again, everybody thought, oh, 3-1, oh, it's going to go 4. It doesn't happen. It doesn't. Very rarely it happens. They've got a load of fight at this club. It's the first time that they've, they've lost at home in the league. So um, it was a well-earned, difficult, difficult three points. So that was 
Rishi Wellens talking to Dave Victor after the game. I really enjoyed that interview. Um, I enjoy all of his interviews, to be fair, Wellens, but I think he always comes across well. Sounded like he had a difficult game yesterday with the fans behind him, but I liked what he had to say about the substitutions. He's obviously been listening to the podcast. Obviously, it's the first thing he does on a Sunday night or a Monday morning, um, but he's always a breath of fresh air to me, Richie. Yeah, class. He, he, but he just says it how it is. Uh, it's so refreshing. Um, logical. Everything makes sense. We can't really argue with it. So, um, yeah, um, no, it's a no-brainer for me. He's, he's he's got everything spot on. And the abuse, you know, for he's he's had a long career. He's he's played, you know, in he's been Championship and League One level all his life. So he's he's used to football abuse. But something to go after your family and start throwing coins at you for ninety minutes non-stop is is despicable. Yeah, not good at all. So that win and Northampton Town beating Stevenage 3-2 means that the O's are back at the top of League 2. Played 14, won 10, drawn 3, lost 1, 33 points, goal difference of plus 14 and a lovely game in hand. So very rosy at the moment for the O's. So Charlie, your views on yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I think I used about twelve years in that second half. It was it was a long second half, the longest one I can remember for a long time. But we did it. You know, we did it ugly, but we did it, and and that is the that is the main thing. It's a huge three points to take us back to the top of the league. That's really all that matters. Um, my only negative comment, I say negative comment, is it's, it's just it's just a point really. Um, when I was on the pod eight weeks ago, uh, I did say that we we do concede a lot of chances, and and it was the case. Uh, it was the case yesterday. Uh, within reason, you know they they. What I mean, what I mean by that is when we're being three-one up, and obviously that that goal was a bit disappointing to to um, to concede. But then after that, as as Richie says, we it was it was a dirty game. It was a it was not nice to watch. But um, we had to dig in, and and we defended really well because as he said, Vicar only really had one or two saves to make in the last half hour. So. Um, yeah, no, no complaints at all. We, we can't complain. We're top of the league after 14 games. There will be games where we have to dig in and we have to do exactly what we did yesterday. Two massive home games this week and uh, hopefully we're still top of the league at the end of it. Fantastic stuff. For me, that's a classic example of how you win promotion by not being at your best but winning mm. the game when you're up against a decent team. Another entertaining game, I think Theo took both his goals superbly as did Drynan and we look very clinical up front and we've always said on the pod it's not about the way you play it's about getting the three points which I always stand by and mm. is what we're doing so you know I'm still fairly surprised to see quite a bit of people not happy with the team but you know it should have been easier absolutely but we won in the end and that's all yeah. we care about you know great position to be in top of the league game in hand and the next two league games are at home so real real opportunity um, coming up so all in all once again I'm boring, but I'm a very happy Orient fan <laughs> as it stands at Orient Outlook Podcast Hours. <laughs> class, absolutely class. Totally agree with you. Um, your views then, a huge amount of feedback after this match, as you can imagine. Thank you for all your views that came into our social media accounts. And again, we try and read out as many as possible. And just because we read them, it does not mean that we agree with them. Yeah, it's a very important point of note. Shrimpy underscore boy. It's great to see some goals after last weekend's poor attacking display. But the fact we've allowed ourselves to be bullied and boxed in deep without our own half on numerous occasions against 10 men is disappointing. Uh, at SR Barber 1986 says blimey that was hard to watch typical Orion should have won easier but still a great three points Theo, Theo was incredible James not so much for me the only way we don't go up is complacency and or bad injuries yeah good point there Stroud Greeno said thank god for that sounded far from convincing but felt as though we just needed to get a lucky win under our belts as confidence appeared to be slipping slightly big opportunity now to back that up with a second win on the trot on Tuesday we are top of the league. Yeah, absolutely. At Central, E. Okayama said, crazy, Sh- shouldn't be like that when you've got the advantage of an extra man. Two games now, we've been unimpressive against 10 men. That said, a good three points in what's traditionally a tough road trip. Steve Cab 121 gave us a great stat. He said, we are the only team in the top four divisions with an unbeaten away record. Love it. Who would have thought with it? Uh, at Phil VC1 says, sounds like we didn't quite put them away as for the second week running we played for a long time against 10 men. Great to see Theo and Drinan in the goals though and a fabulous three points. Tommy Atkinson 6 are just happy to get back to winning. Scored some buttes, conceded, made it look rocky late on. Welcome to the Orient Express.
Yeah, at Orient Fan TV said, nervous to say the least in that second half. Certainly made uh, made it hard for ourselves. Back to the top of league, back to the top of the league again. Two home games coming up now would be great to follow up today's win with another two. Will be interesting to see the extent of Smith's injury. Hope it's not anything major. Richie J. Bourne said, why did the O's make it feel like the opposition have 12 men instead of 10? Great to get back to winning ways against a tough Carlisle. We maintain our unbeaten our record and they lose their home. Absolutely. At LDP King said, we win in the most orient way possible. It was never going to be easy against a team in just as good a form as ourselves. Massive win and we go back to the top of League 2. Uh, two huge home games coming up to improve our lead at the top. Billy Carroll GB says, we got away with that one. Making things far too hard for ourselves. Shouldn't be having to hold on for a win when you're 3-1 up and they're down to 10. Great to see back on the score sheet. Great to be back to winning ways. And great to be back at the top of the league. Yeah, at Paul underscore LT2P said, I think that was the longest game I've ever listened to. Some nervous defending but we got over the line. There'll be a few of these over the coming months. So Chiria is not good enough at this level. We'll have started Kelman up the middle, drilling and wide. We march on. Certainly do. Mark Ross, 636-89509, said the points are great, but I feel unless we improve on Brown and Clay, we are going to come unstuck. It turns into a scrap as soon as they both are on, and let's hope Smythe's injury isn't too bad. Mm, uh, Army underscore hub said without meaning to sound like a sore loser because Orient certainly played well that result is a shambles two blatant penalties missed blatantly offside goal given phantom red card Orient were good and I wish you well this season but I thought we were worth three points today so that was obviously a Carlisle fan who we done a match preview for uh, getting in contact feeling they were robbed Orient underscore Ed said a cracking game but we made it that way our defending was shocking especially for their second on the flip side, Raw looked good when in the centre. Theo was excellent, and Elmiz was also very good. Yeah, uh, Alan Reeves too said that the second half we were absolutely battered by ten men. We've got away with that one. First half was a good performance, but the second was a real struggle. Just hoping every team keeps all eleven on the pitch against us. <laughs> Genius, Ben Ben nineteen eighty, which is a new Twitter handle for us. Said I said before the game, the win was the most important thing today. No matter how we got it, the last few games we've wasted chances trying for the perfect goal. Glad to see the start of the goals today. Loved the poacher's goal from Theo. That win is massive for so many reasons. Yep, at Casey Adams, LOFC, said, uh, played like a side with 10 men in the second half. Sweeney needs to be brought back into the side. What a win, though. I think Sweeney can't even get into the squad, so I'd be surprised if we see him, but maybe we will this week. Yeah. Gordon B, 5 I'm so easy to please, it almost hurts. Three points away <laughs> to a good side. Back on top with a game in hand. I don't care how we do it. Ten men, nine men, penalties not given, playing poorly. Richie knows what he's doing and I keep smiling. Job done. I do like that to yeah. from Gordon. Absolutely, Gordon. Uh, at MS Orient, doesn't matter how you win football matches. That's a very good three points versus a very good Carlisle side. OK, we got very relaxed in the second half when Carlisle went down to ten men. But that is a great result. At Dan Hat was excellent today. Massive performance. Yeah, he certainly was. Joe Jessen, 16, said, always happy to win. But that second half was so, so bad. Came really close to bottling a two-goal lead with a man advantage. We were so casual and not disciplined. Sorry, mate. Uh, at Orion underscore 36 said, to be honest, I'm not happy with the last few weeks. I think the squad are capable of a lot more, but we've managed a good result today and maybe finding ways to win will be what we need to be successful this year. Yeah, Ben Whitlock, 13. So watching the replay of Dryan and burying the winner, I'm still watching through my fingers, waiting for it to go wide. But what do I know? Hmm. Great finish, Aaron. Had a little wobble, but back to getting a massive three points on the road. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at Billy Reed, 1989, said, as I said, once Drinan gets a run of games, it will be back amongst the goals. He proved how good he was last season. Is our main striker and the fans saying he shouldn't be starting, should have more faith in him. Hopefully he goes on a good run now. I'm happy to be proved wrong there, Billy. Absolutely. Hmm. Linda Brogan, who made the journey to cracking away day despite the lack of trains. A few players seem to disappear in the second half, but it's goals that count and we scored more. A rare chance for some of the LFC supporters committee to let their hair down after a game and celebrate properly. Hashtag top of the league and hashtag having a laugh. Class. Uh, at Dax 
Dio Dart said, can we just mention how good Hap has been this season? Probably been our best player so consistent this season. And you talk about being improved, Ron. I, um, I wasn't a Dan Hap fan um, at the start of the season, but he has, uh, he's been brilliant in recent weeks. Fair play, Dan. He's been fantastic, hasn't he? He's had a difficult two seasons, I think, and um, it's yeah. been phenomenal this season. Final word on this one, then goes, goes to Maka Coleman, 73. He says, come on, those fans. Let's be real. We won this the Orient way, and we wouldn't have it any other way. A win to win, one defeat in 14. Truly amazing start to the season. Win when you get outplayed. It's a sign. Trust me. It's a sign. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of those tweets we've read out. You can let us know by tweeting us at Orient Outlook on Twitter, or you can email us at OrientOutlook at Outlook.com. You can find us on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at Orient Outlook podcast as well. Brilliant. And on to the Carol Langley Flores Prediction League. Uh, only one correct prediction as Neil Langhorn predicted 3-2-2 two, and two scorers so gets five points that is absolutely amazing. sensational amazing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so top of the prediction league then 13 points hasn't changed David Landau 17 and that to O's fans 12 points Lennon for an Orient it is and 11 points David Rose 88 so thanks to everyone for all your predictions Absolutely, and that wasn't all for Saturday, as in the evening, Harry Smith took to Instagram to announce that he was returning to the O's from his loan spell at Exeter City. He certainly did, so his message went a quick message to say that I have decided to return to Leighton Orient, ultimately found it difficult to settle in the area and decided to put my happiness first and reluctantly cut my loan short. I now understand that I cannot play any competitive football in the EFL until January at the earliest and this was something I was well aware of would be the case when I made my decision. And for the sake of my happiness, this was a small price I was prepared to take. I will continue to work hard on the training ground as I have been doing and will put myself in the best possible position I can generally for later night if I am needed in any way. I want to thank Exeter and I want to wish everyone at the club the best going forward. So there's a message there from Harry as the rain is coming down here in Loughton as we record. I think for me, it's a shame to see Harry uh, not get the best of his loan spell at Exeter, but fully uh, understand why he's coming back. So no problems for me. And it's only going to be a positive, I guess, for the team. It's not going to weaken us any. It can only make us stronger. So I'm happy to see Harry come back. What about you, Charlie? Yeah, I mean, the first, first point is you've got nothing to do with football. First and foremost, we have a player out on loan. Um, that is struggling. So we have to do the right thing and get him back. Uh, regardless of, of, you know, I, I think a couple of fans have said about financially, you know, does that mean we have to cover his wages again? I, I, I get your point, especially as we've heard that we've been, we're trying to get Connor Wood out on loan and Anthony Giorgio out on loan, you know, for, for, for budget reasons. But football doesn't come into it. We need to, we need to do the right by Harry and the right thing is getting him back. Uh, and allowing him to train with us, which is totally the right thing to do. Um, never good to see anyone struggle, and he's done the right thing. So uh, if he does the right thing, we've done the right thing. And we said earlier, you know, about the Alex Lawless effect uh, in our promotion season. You know, Harry could do the same. You know, uh, a fresh Harry Smith every week pushing the other boys in training. It, it, it can only be good, and hopefully, uh, we we get him a, a national league move where he can go out and still play until January, but still train with us. Yeah, great stuff. Quite a lot of views on this one last night when this news broke. We'll mention a few. Record blew up, so you can see Harry going back on loan somewhere else, but I hope not. Yeah, uh, at uh, Smooth Hound said, to be honest, I can't see him being selected to play any more uh, any time before January, as he'll probably be five, fifth or sixth choice striker when he gets back. James O'Hagan said, personally, I like him, and I, he gives us more options, which can't be a bad thing. Just depends how motivated he is should he play. Yeah, at Wiggy underscore cut said, get your head right and work for it. I'm sure he can affect certain games as a plan B if he wants it bad enough. Although find it hard to see Richie Rellins letting him back in. That's a strange comment. Yeah, he's been he's been um, mentioned quite a few times in the last few weeks when we've been drawing games and you've seen Kelman or Sotiriu come on. Harry offers you something different, so it's definitely a, an avenue and a different style of play that we've not seen um, mm. so far. Where he gives you another option, so. Hopefully he gets his way back in. Wadsey said, I feel kind of sorry for Harry. Happiness has to be the overriding factor in this. And if he ultimately wasn't in, now is the time to come back. 
knuckle down and show Richie and us fans what we've been missing. Yeah, at Patrick One Flood said, um, glad he's back and is a welcome asset. Keep training with the lads and January will soon be upon us. And Brant Racker SC said, Harry Smith returning is great news. He gives Orient a lot more than just height. His work rate and great early uh, this season. Challenging keepers on the press is not seen often and he does it. He's skillful and his goals will come. Make your own luck, Harry. You clearly can do it. So obviously the fan base all want Harry to perform as well as he can should he get his uh, chance in January and we hope um, he's okay mentally because obviously that's a very important thing that, that all players you know, have to go through. So hopefully he's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, on to today then, Sunday the 23rd of October. Lest we forget, today we remember O's legend Richard McFadden, who was killed during the Battle of the Somme, having been seriously wounded by a shell blast on the 22nd of October 1916, which resulted in his death uh, in a, a field hospital the following day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The ladies team in were in action away at Actonian's third, and we t- they took the lead in the 12th minute, or the ladies did, sorry, through Shanice Taylor Newsom to go one up. But two minutes later, conceded an equaliser from a corner. Then we took the lead in the 16th minute through Katie Hunt, who shot from outside the box, went into the top bins, and the O's made it 3 1 in the 38th minute through Leanne Bates. In the 43rd minute, Actonians pulled a goal back to make it 3 2, which is how the game stayed until half time. And in the 63rd minute, the O's made it 4-2 as Shirika Waif was taken down inside the box. She scored from the spot. And in the 78th minute, Ebony Heath made it 5-2, which is how the match ended. So well done to the ladies. Another fantastic win. And at 56 minutes, 32 seconds, let's wrap up this bad boy. Yeah, uh, fantasy football update. Chris Ragstuff is top of the Orient Outlook podcast fantasy football league ahead of Eric Barker in second place. Steve is 175th place out of 355 players. I'm not sure where I am though. Uh, not sure, Charlie. I should have looked it up. But obviously, we're recording a bit earlier uh, this weekend, so scores are still coming in. Thanks to everyone who's playing with us in our league on that one. So times for the positives. Yep. And negative, Charlie is your the guest co-host. I'll let you take on the positives uh, of the week this week. Thanks, mate. So uh, the biggest positive of all, the only one that matters, is we are top of the yes, league. Mate. Absolutely fantastic. Also, winning at Carlisle is a big one. Uh, a key one for weeks moving forward is uh, Idris back from injury, and of course our amazing away support that went all the while, all the way to Carlisle yesterday uh, and got a, a very well welcomed win. Absolutely. As well as the positives, we do have a few negatives, uh, depending on how you look at things, actually. First one is Paul Smythe's injury. Hopefully not too bad, um, and hopefully we'll see him back soon. The second one may be a controversial one, but going out of the Papa John's trophy just means that a few of those squad players and players who need minutes won't be getting them. And lastly, you can tell struggling slightly for negatives, youth team losing on Saturday, but we always like to balance the podcast out. So four positives, three negatives. And let's move on into the Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week. Yeah, we put this one to Twitter and nominated the following players. Theo Archibald for his fantastic performance on Saturday with two goals. Aaron Drinnan scored in both matches this week. Dan Happy with a big performance on Saturday. And Darren Prattley, who was also outstanding yesterday. Yeah, and after 181 votes in just 20 hours, with 84%, probably no surprise, your Hero of the Week is... Theo Archibald, well done Theo. Well done Theo, love to see it, love to see it. So this week's fixtures in, big, big week for the O's, two home league games. First up, we've got Gillingham on Tuesday the 25th of October. Gillingham, 19th in League 2, they drew one all at home to Barrow on Saturday and they include Exos, Glenn Morris and Scott Cashkit in their ranks, coming back to Brisbane Road. And then next up, the O's welcome their old foes from the National League, Salford City, on Saturday the 29th of October. After a good start to the season, though, Salford are now 8th in the league, so slipped down. They've lost their last two. They lost 2-0 at home to Stockport County on Saturday. Also this week, worth mentioning, we wish all of our followers and listeners a happy Diwali to everyone who is celebrating that this week. Absolutely. A sponsorship reminder, don't forget, if you're thinking of moving home, keep it in the Orient family. Save yourself a few quid by tr- by using trusted estate agents, town and country Essex. Uh, give us a ring on 01279 883444 uh, or 07528 471497. 
or contact on Twitter at TNC Harlow or DM me at Charlie underscore Paul. Yeah, so that is it. Thanks to everyone for joining us for episode 298. It was a busy week down the Orient as a late Chelsea under-23 finally turned up at Brisbane Road to just edge us out of the EFL trophy. But on Saturday, back to the one we all care about as the O's took on informed Carlisle away in the league, winning the game 3-2 to get the Orient Express back on track as we returned to the top of the league. And this week, with two home games coming up against teams not in the best of form, there's a real opportunity to take more points and continue to pull away from the other front runners behind us. And hopefully this time next week, we'll be talking about more wins for the O's and more points on the board. Yeah, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a five-star rating and review on whichever platform your podcasts, uh, you get your podcast from. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn and Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as the guys upload them. Please uh, give a rating and, and subscribe to the guys. This is honestly, uh, as a guest co-host this is like a full-time job the boys go through uh, to bring you content every week they do such a phenomenal job uh, so just give them some love please lovely stuff Charlie if you have a relative uh, loved one or a chum who you think will like the podcast grab their phone and download it for them and remember to pass the pod Charlie you're like a good luck chum right so the last podcast we done <laughs> 290 we drew away to Swindon beat Colchester this one Lost to Chelsea, but now I'm really too bothered about that. And we beat Carlisle, so we must have you back on the podcast soon. So your second uh, guest co-host appearance, how did you find it? Yeah, yeah, really enjoyable. Um, always good to talk about the Orient. It's a favourite subject to talk about. Um, it's good to engage with other, other fans, whether we agree, disagree. Um, you know, it, we, we'll, we'll have one thing in common. We all love the Orient. So keep turning up every week and keep supporting the boys. Um, and uh, anyone that I've round up today don't worry we'll have, you'll have Paul back next week <laughs> <laughs> great stuff so the Bidley John Day will be back next week with episode 299 with all the information and views that you could ever need so we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up the O's <laughs>